welcome. It's Monday night, and we are just plowing through these technical problems, but that's uh, nothing new for the group here. We always seem to have something that's going on, but this one's not so bad. JR was uh, had about a three-minute delay there, which was really kind of an interesting conversation, Trish, because you talk to him, and he can ask like six or seven really incriminating questions, and by the time his answer came back, it made it look like he was admitting to things that he probably wouldn't otherwise. Been any ideas about how they should be interviewing people, all right? <laughs> JR, anyway, welcome to you. Welcome to you, Trish. Yeah. Uh, Britt, we had another great weekend with the Weekend Review as we gave people a, a double, a triple, a quadruple, a quintuple dose of uh, the week's programs. We actually let it go 24-7 for two days. I, I was kind of yeah, sick I, of seeing know, I, it because I, I kept checking in on it, but uh, folks seem to like oh, it. I, I enjoy I enjoy listening to myself talk. I, yeah, I think no I'm surprise. really brilliant, and yeah. you know, uh, it really keeps me engaged. So, um, but I, I do have to say, I, I am amazed at the numbers that we pull in the middle of the night. I was just shocked by that. It's insane. That's but you know, the, I guess there are graveyard shift people. Oh, and, I'm going to hate myself for saying this, but that's not the only thing you pull in the middle of the night. Um. So, oh, wow. <laughs> sorry. Wow. Really, Jamie? I'm sorry. You're going there? It was right there. And oh, I couldn't boy. Let it wow. go. Dude. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone. Wrong show. Wrong, <laughs> wrong show. I'm sorry. I, I'm a little punchy. You're punchy. If anybody saw that, the, Adam, we're talking about. I'm perfect. The pregame, and then uh, anyway, welcome to everybody who's jumping into the <laughs> chat rooms here. As we get started, we've got a lot to cover. We got a lot of ground, a lot of things to talk about tonight. So we'll get started here. I want to start by something that that seems I would think is going to give uh, Brit uh, a big smile. Oh boy, pollster John McLaughlin says Trump would win in a landslide right now versus either Biden or Harris. Uh, John McLaughlin, I'm not really familiar with who he is. The only John McLaughlin I know is from the McLaughlin Report. I'm assuming it's not the same guy, right? Does anybody know? Who? Uh, no, it's it. He's, it's a, pol it's a he's polling app that's been around guy, for a long time. Well, that's, yeah. the, that's the John yeah. McLaughlin I know. Yeah. But anyway, he yeah. says that um, he's looking at numbers like 55% to 37%, uh, which matches with uh, the number of people that think uh, the future of America under Biden is not good. He said it's a huge number. Uh, does that match, match what you're seeing in just, you know, anecdotal evidence, JR? Do you think those numbers would be kind of accurate if, if an election was held today? Yeah, there, there's a number of polls that are out, and that 37, it went from the low 40s to 37 was the last numbers numbers I've seen. I've, I've seen multiple polls. So what you have is, you know, that low of a percent that actually agree with what the administration is working on, and you're, you're dealing with the, uh, you know, the really partisan left but uh you know other more generic polls about all the major topics are all uh running counter to what the administration is actually doing so i you know whether uh biden could win or whether he could win against trump i haven't seen that poll um and uh but it wouldn't surprise me that biden would lose to anybody at this point yeah other than you know true partisans uh trish if we look at the polling against Harris it's only 49 to 46 so it's obviously much tighter but then again Harris has played the hide in the basement game the way that Biden got elected for the last few months you know if if we were looking at these numbers back when she was doing her root causes tour and visiting the border by uh, kind of getting close to it by 100 miles or so she probably wouldn't be polling even that well well you know and she just put out that tweet today about you know the national gender agenda you know because that's really what's important to Americans right now is our 
grocery bills are skyrocketing and our gas prices are skyrocketing and and we've got the and we've got Yellen talking about you know oh we're gonna start taxing you know unrealized capital gains I'm like oh great yeah so tax money I don't have excellent like why not who cares and oh we, but it's only gonna be the billionaires and we have we're gonna touch on all of those topics we're gonna spend a lot of deal a lot of time talking about the tax one in particular uh, Brit. Three years is a lot of time in politics. A heck, a week is a long time in politics. Obviously, things can change. One of my bigger concerns is that what we expect to happen during the midterms will happen. The Republicans will take the House, certainly, and probably the Senate, and they'll control the legislative branch of Congress or legislative branch of the U.S. government. And then things will come to a grinding halt, and that'll give Biden someone to blame for the next two years, or Harris, if she happens to be in that role, which I suspect will happen. The 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 mainstream media, the corporate media, all of them, they're going to close ranks and they will do what they do best. Um, we're already starting to see the setup for COVID lockdown, mail-in balloting for 2022. They're already starting to put those wheels in motion. It's coming. Uh, they're having a hard time because the numbers are showing what the numbers are showing, which is good for the people. But uh, they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're going to steal it again. They're, they are not going to let this go away. They're going to go down fighting, which means we're going to have to fight. And it, I, I want to believe this is my this is my general rule. This is what I tell everybody that I talk to about voting. That say, what's the point of voting? I tell everybody we all have to vote. We all we have to go vote because we need to make it as difficult as possible for them to steal it. We need them to have to back in dump truck fulls of pre-filled out ballots that we can see and document uh, uh, and stuff. I almost said the the thing I'm not I'm supposed to say, um, but we need to make it as difficult as possible. So you have to get out and vote. They're going to pull out all the stops. They do not want to give up this power. They're so close to having it all, having the Marxist, Leninist, uh, China-style government where they're telling us what to do. Um, remember, these the... The COVID is to lead to the passports. The passports leads to the social scoring system. And the social scoring system leads to them being able to tell us exactly what to do. And we have to obey government if we want to survive. And that's what this is all about. And they are not going to let this go easy. City reminds us in our chat room that we're not on YouTube. So you could probably say whatever whatever it was you were going to say. Uh, I don't know exactly what that was, but uh, we are not I was going to say what not. Oh, that one. What not? Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's worse. That's that's bad. That's bad on any platform. Jr. These numbers look very interesting because among black voters, for instance, in this polling, uh, Trump moved from eighteen point one percent support in September to twenty point three percent in October. Among Hispanic voters, he gained a hefty fourteen point six percentage points, going from fourteen or twenty four point two to thirty eight point eight. Uh, this doesn't necessarily say anything about suburban women, but uh, do you think people are starting to get over the mean tweets? Well, I think I think the thing that is uh, in a poll or two that I saw that's really um, creating these numbers more more than uh, the border, more than Afghanistan, um, is their pocketbook and the yep. fears that the economy and uh, inflation and you know, you're seeing it in the grocery stores in my area. The shelves are starting to get bare. Um, aluminum foil had a ration to it. Um, and uh, what was it? Something I buy for my youngest. Uncrustables. Out. And they had one package in one store and none in, in uh, BJ's. You know, so it's 
you know, we're starting to see some of those things that really create some alarm bells to people of all economic spectrums, all demographics, all nationalities. If you can't get what you need and you can't afford it, it's a real problem that is hard to talk your way out of. And I think that's what's happening. And what's sad about that is it's entirely self-inflicted. And when I say self-inflicted, I mean Biden administration inflicted. Uh, I want to move on to this tax idea that uh, that Trish brought up in the beginning of the program here. But the Democrats are now, in looking for ways to pay for their massive spending plan, are looking at taxing what they're saying as billionaires' unrealized gains to help fund this $2 trillion spending spree that they're on. This is a far more complex issue than it would appear. And they they want you just to be distracted by we're going to tax the rich. We're going to tax those nasty billionaires, all those people that are abusing us by uh, accumulating so much wealth. These billionaires, they're frantically trying to do this because they know that they have about a year left of power to be able to enact such radical legislation. And just like they did with Obamacare, they're going to shove it down our throats because they recognize once it's there, even though they'll lose power over it, it'll be there forever. And then they can come back in eight years, whenever it is, and build on it and expand it. That's their plan. But this is uncharted territory. Uh, Nancy uh, Pelosi, House Speaker, said, we will probably have a wealth tax. That's one way they're describing this it would impose an annual tax on unrealized capital gains um, which i have to point out a couple things because again they're talking about billionaires here let me remind people (laughs) the revenue act of 1913 levied a one percent tax on net personal incomes above above three thousand dollars with a six percent surtax on incomes above five hundred thousand dollars now let me give you the numbers here because a a three thousand dollar income in 1913 would be equal to an eighty three thousand dollar income now and a five hundred thousand dollar income in 1913 would be equal to a 14 million dollar income now but that was how the income tax was introduced trish Boy, things have changed over time. It's not just a tax on the wealthy anymore. It's a tax on everyone. And it's not just 1% or 6%. It's 28%. It's 34%. It's, it's in some points, it was approaching 90%. Yeah. And if, if you believe that it's only billionaires that they're going to do this to in the end, I have some really cheap Georgia Gulf front property to sell you because that's not going to happen. It's going to be everybody. Um, this, this using the billionaires and I, and I still want to go back to the fact that they told us it wasn't going to cost anything. So why are they going right. to have to raise taxes if it doesn't cost anything? Like it, it, they, they, they are talking out of both sides of their mouths. They are, they listen, if they were just honest and said, listen, we're going to tax the hell out of everybody. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And you're going to be happy about it. Like it would be easier to handle, but for them to constantly lie and backtrack and yeah, I, I just want to punch my TV screen half the time. Here's another example of how these taxes that are introduced as just, you know, to get the rich and, you know, very modest, but they're going to get the rich. In 1970, the IRS or the federal government introduced what they called the alternative minimum tax. And according to this, it was intended to target 155 high income households that had been eligible uh, for many tax breaks and they got away with paying low or no income tax. 155 households this was uh, designed to target. It turns out that at this point, 
55 million taxpayers are hit by this alternative minimum tax, Brit. So once again, they introduce something that's supposed to cover just a sliver of the population. They sell it by uh, using class envy, and then it ends up affecting everyone. Yeah, and why don't they just? Why don't we just have uh, one flat tax that everybody pl- pays, whether you make a dollar or whether you make five billion dollars a day, whatever it is. This one flat tax, whatever that number needs to be, five percent, four and a half percent, three point two percent. I don't care. You know what? You know, and if we want to stop it at the poverty line, whatever we figure the poverty line is, which out here in California it's like eighteen thousand dollars a year. Okay, so if you're under poverty, you don't pay any ta- any income taxes at all to the state or the feds. But if you're above that. Uh, flat tax of the federal government, it's 5%, whatever the number needs to be. It's 5%. Everybody everybody pays it. But you know that won't happen. You know why, JV? You know why that will never happen? A simplified Ross Perot-style tax card is because the tax code is power for Congress. The tax code is power for the bureaucrats. Hey, corporation, make sure you fund my super PAC, and I'll make sure that this loophole gets put in for you. Oh, corporation, we don't like the, the gun people. Yeah, we're going to hammer the shit out of you and run you right out of business because that's what the tax code is. It's power for government. So if we really want to do something to disempower our government, we would simplify the tax code to literally a flat tax. You make more than this amount, you pay 5%. You make less, you know, poverty line, whatever we figure, you pay nothing. And that's it. And then we don't need the congressman anymore. You know, hell, they may even, we could be like Texas and go to an every other year Congress. Wouldn't that be amazing that they're gone for 90% of the time? We only have them in, you know, in session for a couple of weeks every other year. That would be amazing. And you know what? Our life would be far better off like that. Okay, so I have to interrupt this wonderful discussion about taxes because we're going to get into some more of this because I've just been alerted to the fact that we're live on YouTube. What? Yeah, that's what I said. And I checked, and sure is, sure enough, we are live oh on my. YouTube. So I don't know how that happened because we had a two-week suspension. Britt, right? It's only been a week, right? Right, yeah. Or, or has it been two weeks? Maybe they're making up for the last... I don't know. I don't know. Wow. I really don't oh care. Boy. I, I, I'm going to have to go back and take a look at this. Well, I, think it's, I thought it was only a week, but we are, in fact, live on YouTube. So welcome, everybody, wow. to YouTube in addition to the other places that we're streaming. Uh, we weren't prepared for there? this. There are. And we weren't prepared for this because we were going to, when we came back to YouTube, do it in a special way that actually didn't give YouTube the whole program, but just uh, introduced the program on YouTube and then told people where to go to find it because we're not particularly pleased with YouTube, as you can imagine. So anyway, that kind of changes things for the moment because we don't want that third strike yet, at least not right now. So no, I, I, I say we unplug YouTube. Everybody, all, all 14 of people that are watching on YouTube, go to Rumble or go to Foxhole. Or go to uh, DLive sucks. or go to Twitch. Or DLive or Twitch. Um, I mean, I, I prefer, I personally prefer if you go to Rumble, I mean, uh, uh, Foxhole, I love Foxhole. It's a great community. Foxhole, the foxhole.app, the foxhole.app. It's a great community. I love it there. There are great people over there. That's where I prefer everybody to go, but go wherever you need to go to watch us. But JV, I'm of the mind, uh, double, double, double barrels to YouTube because that means we gotta we gotta completely rearrange everything I got. Okay. Because uh, I have stuff that we're not allowed to say. I don't really like making these decisions on the fly like this. This is really uncomfortable. Trish, what um, should we do? Well, um, <laughs> I say screw YouTube, man. I don't care. Like that. What? What have they done for us? Nothing. So screw them. Yeah. See, uh, we have other places s- to go. Stickman Mike says just stream live on the tube and then delete it. 
You can. You can do oh, that. Oh, there is so that when option. Live and then the minutes it's done, delete it. And if we yeah. delete it, we won't get we won't get nabbed for for. Uh, okay. Well, maybe we'll try that. Well, maybe we'll try that, and then Britt, you and I can strategize because this is a complete surprise. Okay. So back mm. back to our discussion. <laughs> I'm, I'm really I had no. They were saying, "Hey, you're live on YouTube." I'm like, "What? Really? How?" Anyway, what? yeah, how'd that happen? Yeah, right, okay. exactly. Well, there we go. Jr. The idea of taxing people on money they don't have yet, because that's what we're talking about here. This quote-unquote wealth tax, yep. this tax on unrealized capital gains. What they're saying is, if you have a, have a stock portfolio worth ten thousand dollars at the beginning of the year, and then at the end of the year it's worth twelve thousand dollars, you made, according to them, two thousand dollars, even though you haven't cashed it out. It's still in an account where you can't spend it. You can't do anything with it. It's a paper gain. It's just something that shows up on an account statement. Doesn't mean anything. The next day it could all those gains could evaporate immediately based on how the market works. Anyway, but the idea of taxing people on a gain they haven't realized, on money they don't have in their possession, this sets a precedent that could open doors to a whole bunch of nasty things. Well, when they've looked at tax like this in the past, never exactly like this, you know, what what do the super wealthy who they, you know, reportedly are the ones they're targeting here to do? Well, they invest in alternative investments that are tax-free. I mean, it's like taxing the corporations and thinking they're just going to absorb it. They don't, you know, they pass it on to the consumer or whoever their customers are. And what the uber rich do, they don't need to, you know, grow their stock portfolio 20%. They, they've got how much money they have. They've got billions already. So they invest in very stable tax-free things, municipal bonds or, or the like. And then you don't have to worry about the taxes because there aren't any. So you know, if you if you think you're going to get the rich, you're not. What you're going to get is the rest of us. And and their equation for funding this thing falls apart immediately. I mean, we've seen it in similar ways in New York. And the people they're targeting move out of state. They do something else. They uh, invest in something and take large depreciation. Whatever they do, they get rid of the income that and and they, and they never realize the income that they project to, and that's exactly what will happen in this case. Yeah, that is always the case. Trisha's another part of this that bothers me. The whole thing bothers me a lot, but something that isn't being discussed in media and other places where they're talking about this is that this is just another form of borrowing. If you tax somebody on gains they haven't realized yet, when they actually realize those gains, the tax has already been paid. Are they going to tax them again? Or are they, this, this is in effect taking your money earlier if you're the federal government and it's a sense, in a sense, borrowing. Yeah, listen, they're going to tax you 12 ways till Sunday. It's like if you think about how much we're already getting taxed. So I go to work and I make my paycheck and I pay tax on that money, right? So they take, you know, X percentage, which right for me is around 11 to 12% when I do my taxes at the end of the year. It's where I'm running because we in Florida don't have a state income tax. But then I go to the grocery store and I have to pay taxes on that. Then I go to the gas station, I pay taxes on that. And then if I want to get my lawn mowed, I have to pay somebody to do that. And then he gets taxed on that money. And then listen, they're taxing my dollar 4,000 different ways. So why does it surprise me that they're now going to do this? It's not. And they're going to tax me on it now. They're going to tax me on it again when I catch. So if my house doubles in value, which it almost has right now, you know, they're going to tax me on that, and then the market's going to crash. I'm not going to be worth it, and then eventually it's going to go back up, and then I'm going to sell my house, and they're going to tax me on that money too. 
because they're greedy bastards. Here's Janet Yellen uh, explaining this concept and saying, no, 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 this is this is not a wealth tax. Well, um, I think what's under consideration is a proposal that uh, Senator Wyden and the Senate Finance Committee have been looking at that would um, impose um, a tax on unrealized capital gains um, on liquid assets held by extremely wealthy individuals, billionaires. Um, I wouldn't call that a wealth tax, but um, it would help get at uh, capital gains, which um, are an extraordinarily large part of the incomes of the wealthiest individuals. And uh, right now, uh, escape taxation uh, until they're realized and often they're unrealized and at death uh, benefit from a so-called step up of basis. So it's not a wealth tax, but um, a tax on unrealized capital gains of exceptionally wealthy individuals. First of all, just listening to her makes me want to do something violent. Uh, secondly, notice how kind of poignant she made uh, the issue of people passing on things to their children without being taxed on it during that process. That's disgusting to me. But Britt, they talk, she's using words, unrealized gains on assets. At what point does this extend to real estate, to your house, boats, cars, airplanes, personal things oh, like, there. like jewelry, uh, collectibles, if you happen to have some type of collection of something that goes up in value? Uh, you know, once you start, well, it, yeah, but unrealized gains. Yeah, no, I, it, this is crazy. Like right now I'm in the crypto market and crypto's going crazy right now. And you know, I'm making a pretty good chunk of change right now, but you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to go down and then, or next year I could be, I could be empty again, but okay. So this year it went up and then I got to pay taxes on what it went up, even though I didn't actually collect the money. Therefore, the next year when it crashes and burns because it's a pyramid scheme, um, are they going to give me that money back? No, they're not. No, this is just, again, people, they are trying to set up so many communist, communist type systems that they can control the hell out of you. Oh, you bought that home, Trish, did you now? Well, you know, you bought it at $100,000 and this year it went up $200,000. So you owe us tax on that $100,000 gain right there. Oh, the next year it went up $300,000. Oh, oh, it burnt to the ground and the floods came in and global warming flooded out your property. Now it's worth nothing. Sorry, tough shit. We're not giving you back money. I mean, that's what this is all about. This is just, this is just them controlling. And do you really think, JV, do you really think the billionaires are going to pay this? No, you of really course not. JR pointed out, yeah. The billionaires that are putting these people in power, the billionaires that are trying to try and run everything, do you really think they're going to pay anything? And even if they did, there would not be enough money to, to handle what they want to do. So therefore, they got to come down to us, the middle class. This is another thing I don't get, JV. Everything they're doing is going to train wreck the middle class in America. Where do they get the most of their money from? The middle class in America. So you're going to train wreck the golden goose that gives you all the money. And then what are you going to do? Oh, I know what it is. We're going to be just like the USSR with bread lines and not enough heating oil to go around. And we're going to be like Venezuela. We'll be eating out of ditches. It's such a beautiful plan. I really wish Joe Biden would stay in office forever. <laughs> some, 
I'm sure it's he does be too. Garlic bread lines. Garlic <laughs> bread lines. Yes, garlic bread. There's yes, another oh, step up. There's another piece to this, Jr., which is also very, very disturbing because in their effort to tax, make sure nobody escapes the penalties of taxation and uh, everyone, quote unquote, pays their fair share. Another part of this is the Democrats divide a fifty fifteen percent corporate minimum tax forcing companies to pay what biden has called their fair share and putting an end to corporations paying zero taxes so you're a corporation there's a lot of small corporations a lot of individuals run their businesses in a corporation and they're very very small corporations but that corporation loses money at this under this provision that doesn't matter anymore you're still going to pay 15 percent of something so we and there's another part of this too. I'm trying to figure out how to work into this. Is that they just the they being the Biden administration just came to a global deal for a 15 percent minimum corporate tax. Ireland was the last holdout. I thought they were just going to say the minimum tax rate in a nation should be 15 percent on corporations, not that it would be an alternative minimum tax whereby even if you didn't profit, you had to pay 15 percent of whatever. I don't even know what they're going to be calculating it from. But this is all sorts of crazy. Well, if you don't make any money, I, I don't know what you're paying tax on. So, in theory, if you're a uh, a corporation that's, you know, starting out and investing and losing money at the beginning and risking capital, I I don't know how they can charge you tax because what are they going to base it on if you if you don't show a profit? But, can I can I interrupt you? Can I interrupt said, you just for a sec though? Yeah. Let me just interrupt oh, yeah. you there because a lot of companies end up not paying taxes because of things like depreciation and other non-real uh, how do you call non-cash expenses non-cash non expenses that bring their taxable income down i assume this would uh kick in on those types of things i don't know above the line okay well it, it's possible but uh, you know our capitalistic model that's been so successful in this country forever you know allows for small companies it, the carrot is there to risk and they give you incentives to invest to create the wealth that has created ultimately the wealthiest country in on the planet if they start knocking down that formula and twisting it and and impacting it you know by government means it, it's 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 well people are smart i feel they will still do things to avoid the tax there's, there's still going to have to be a loophole of, of some measure, I got to believe. And, and the ones that have the expensive accountants are going to be the ones that can afford to figure it out. And those of us that are the small corporations and, and S-Corps are, you know, very, very common. Um, you know, the other, the other thought I just wanted that I was thinking as you were talking was on the uh, unrealized capital gains, too. You know what that's going to force people to do is that they're not going to want to they're going to want to have the cash to pay the tax. That's right. So instead of keeping the long-term gains, in other words, over a year, they're going to cash them in in less than a year. And guess what that's taxed at? Income <laughs> Your levels. personal income tax. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, at income levels. So, you know, either way, it I don't know what the lesser of two evils will be, but it, it's I guarantee you people are going to figure out a way that their numbers are not going to work. And what Britt or Trish said, it's just going to work its way down from the uber rich. We're going to find out who's uber rich real quick. And I think it's going to be all of us because yeah. we're all going to have to pay a piece of this. You know, I mean, trillions of dollars uh, don't just, you know, that's not money that gets paid back quickly. And 
they're, they're going to have they, they can't have you know these magnificent deficits it's just not going to be sustainable the dollar is going to weaken and our our inflation will only worsen and it's and it's uh, already causing major issues in people's minds as the polls you know demonstrate that we talked about earlier we've just seen the tip of the iceberg so trish you've got this proposal pro- proposal for an alternative minimum tax for corporations of 15% it's policies like this and the many other that the, many others that the liberals have enacted over the course of the years. And in this particular bill, this infrastructure bill, this uh, build back better bill, there are things like um, family leave. Uh, there's um, uh, daycare. There's all these other provisions that many will fall on the backs of companies. Why don't the liberals understand when they sit here and scratch their heads? Why? Have, and they say, why have all our companies gone to China? And then they start and they act thing, enact things like this and don't understand that it's these very policies that are sending all the businesses to China, that are sending all the factories to China, that are undermining our national security and our economy, our economic health, and sending it all to China. When do they make that connection or don't they care? They don't care. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And I can't remember who it was, but one of our higher ups in our federal government was actually talking about this the other day and talked about how much it's going to benefit Mexico that our companies are moving there to start. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not our job to benefit Mexico. It's not our job to make sure that the Mexican people, that's their government's job. Like, I am so tired of, and that, but again, it's just the globalist, like this is, this is no surprise. You know, this is just Obama 3.0 and it's all just this globalist agenda. They want to be just like the EU where everybody's broke. Nobody has any money. The only people who have any power or any standing are the people in the government and the rest of us are just the peasants who will do what we're told and will follow instructions and fork over everything we make in a year just so that we can, you know, have our little pity of a land that we live on. Britt, again, this is all being done under the banner of tax the rich. They need to pay their fair share. IRS data show that the average individual income tax on the tax rate on the top 1% of households is 25% compared to 7% for the middle-income households and only 3% for the bottom half of households. So the argument that the rich aren't already paying their fair share is a fallacy. It's a false argument. Comment on that or any of the things we've discussed or go where you want to go. The rich do pay a lot of money. Um, The uber-rich pay a lot of money to lawyers so that they don't have to pay, you know, what I guess what you would consider – I don't know. I, I am a capitalist, but when I look at what the Bloombergs and the Bezos and the, the the Zuckerbergs and the what they're doing with their money and how they're manipulating the system to their benefit to basically screw us, the peasants, to control us, the peasants, I struggle. I, I, I honestly struggle with what to do with that because even if we were to even if we were to say we were to say, okay, everybody can make up to five hundred thousand dollars, then after that we tax at ninety percent. I don't want all that money going to the government. Because the government is just as evil. The government of today is just as evil as the Zuckerbergs, Bezos, Soros, hold on, Bloomberg, hold on, hold on. I need to, I need to ask you a question about that. If the government, the government is the evil. If the government it did exist, what would that money that Zuckerberg puts into the system have any impact on? He put that money in to affect the government, the government. to make policy to affect us. So the money isn't evil. It's right. the government that's evil. And that's the problem. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Because 
but but right now, if you look at like with, with, just for example, with what Zuckerberg did with all that, fi- what was it, five hundred uh, million dollars, five hundred billion dollars, five hundred million dollars that he that he did the voting thing with, and, and really affected key districts to 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 flip stuff with all the money. That that's my problem. I, I look at that stuff. I, I look at that, and it's like the, he earned it. He should be able to spend it how he wants. No. But also. They're using the money to 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 do shit that's not cool. I, that's affecting us. That they're. I just want. I but, just want to throw it. I mean, I don't want to get this in back and forth, but I just think it's important to distinct to make a distinction here. You're right about that. However, the, I think the solution is to is to find ways to restrict that kind of spending. I you know I I get really uncomfortable when you start saying go after the rich. I don't care what level rich because as we've just pointed out here, that definition changes oh, I get that. and it com- yeah. it comes down and it ends up ends up being affecting everyone. So we can't and that's why I struggle. Right, but but the point I struggle because they're doing bad. So that's where I struggle. I struggle with that. But you know, that's a that's an argument for the other show just so we can flush it out. Um I'm going to play this uh Nam Chomsky uh video that Trish sent me. I don't exactly know how long this clip is. I know it's not terribly long, but it's important. Um, and then we're going to talk about it on the other side. So hopefully this plays right. Okay, we'll move on to question 33, the next one. Air on again. What are your thoughts on mandating vaccines? People who refuse to accept vaccines, I think the right response for them is not to force them to but rather to insist that they be isolated. If people decide I am willing to be a danger to the community by refusing a vaccine, they should then say, well, I also have the decency to isolate myself. Okay, I don't want a vaccine, but I don't have the right to run around harming people. I'll just that should be a convention. Enforcing is a different question. It should be understood. And we should try to get it to be understood. If it really reaches the point where they are severely endangered people, then of course you have to do something about it. Okay, I'm going to fall asleep here if we... Okay, so... Yeah, no, no. I that, I got what I wanted out of that. He got all the way to the point where he said, if they become a if they become a serious threat, then we have to do something. Which is, and if you watch the rest of which I have seen, um, so Noam Chomsky, Trish, do you want to explain to our audience who Noam Chomsky is? I couldn't do it justice. No, my my experience with Noam Chomsky started with my mom who wanted to go to Woodstock but just didn't have the guts to tell her parents that she was going, so she didn't go, and. She, when I when she talked about Dom Chomsky when I was a kid, it was all very hippie-esque, you know, give up your belongings and, you know, live off the earth and blah, blah, blah. So I, my, I, my, my views on Chomsky are very skewed. And after I saw that video, I now don't even want to fix my skewed views about Chomsky because I think that they are totally correct and this guy is a psychopath. Right, because but, but Dom Chomsky take- is, was, was the head of a movement. He is the head yes. of the movement. He's like Back Sololinsky. He's yeah. like Mar. Yes. A lot of what we're dealing with right now are his thoughts that he put to writing that he instilled back then in the hippies who are now running things today. And the next generation, uh, they're quoting him and 
uh, uh, believing him, and he is a, a hardcore socialist. My my point of this, my question is this, Trish. So he said that we got to take the non-vaccinated and isolate them, and then if they don't want to self-isolate, we're going to make them isolate. I believe that the socialists, the leftists of this country, believe that they control everything. I believe, Trish, that they don't realize that the truckers and the farmers are America first people. And my question is, if they get their way, who's going to bring them their food? Who's going to grow them their food? No, th th let's face it. If, if it gets to that point, the people in the cities are going to die. I mean, let's just face it. All, all these urban blue centers, they're going to die because they don't know how to live off the land. Like, I'll be fine because I'll be out hunting iguanas and I'll be growing, you know, I'll be tearing up all the concrete around my pool and I'll be making gardens in my back, you know, that are nice behind fences. And I will be out, you know, running, running my eight hour shifts with, you know, the family members to protect my food. But a lot of people in the cities have no clue. They can't even grow up, you know, they can't even keep a plant alive. So they're not going to know how to grow any food and how to, how to hunt. They're not going to have any clue about that. Um, so that, but my biggest issue with that video, and which is why I sent it to you, is the fact that Chomsky shows just how completely illiterate he is about health. Because people who have been exposed to COVID and already have natural immunity, because they have been exposed and they have already naturally had the antibodies, they aren't talked about anywhere in that. It's always, you must take the vaccination. Well, if you've already had it, there's zero reason for you to take a vaccination. That'd be like giving somebody who's already had smallpox the smallpox vaccine. It's just stupid. It's redundant. They don't need it. And all of those vaccines so that he, talk, he started talking about, smallpox vaccine, it, it's a completely different vaccine. This is an experiment. This is not the tried and true attenuated virus that you know is injected into you. So it's a dead virus that they're giving you. And that's letting your body create these antibodies. This is not. This is an experiment that we have zero information about. We have no long-term data. We have no nothing on this. We don't know what's going to happen. So, it, and the fact that they're not taking any of that into consideration is just, it blows my mind. This isn't about health. This is totally about control. This is about making people do what you want. And if they don't, then we're going to put you in camps and we're going to isolate you. And we're going to make you, you know, into our little slave labor camps. So, JR, so, so. And I've heard this from other uh, leftists about they're going to force, they're going to force us to do what they want, and they don't realize that the farmers are America first, truckers are America first. There's enough of us that they're not going to get their food. They're, the blue city. What's going to happen to the blue cities when the food stops coming in? Are they going to? I mean, or, or are they going to figure out how to eat bugs? I think they're going to get quite irate, and they're uh, they're going to move to other areas where there is food. Um, We've already seen exodus from cities, and with uh, jobs being able to do remote, there's less people that are, are going to be in the cities. But you're right. Um, if the stores are empty and Amazon can't bring you food, I'm not sure. Uh, they're certainly not going to be happy, and they're not going to stay there. And, you know, we've seen what happens in other countries when uh, you can't get food. Um this is the United States of America. I would hope uh, and pray that that never happens. But um, at the end of the day, even our grocery stores uh, admit they have, you know, what is it, three or four days maybe of food. And then, you know, if it becomes limited, the shelves are going to be empty. We've already had uh, and demonstrated uh, that type of an event, you know, during COVID here. 
so it it could get very ugly but uh you know i uh, there's there's lots of uh there's a lot of guns <laughs> and a lot of uh yeah. a lot of people that can be self-sufficient in the non-urban areas uh just as as trish suggested so uh i've got five acres up here guess what i'll have chickens and i can hunt and i can grow a big garden and and uh i guess the question would be <laughs> how do you how do you protect it i guess but uh uh, we're not the ones that are going to be in trouble if the supply chain really becomes impacted and, uh, and you know, the stuff in your pantry is gone in three days and there's no nothing to replace it. That's when it gets ugly. And it, you know, like you said, we're three days away from experiencing that in the, in, you know, that's the harsh reality of it. So, um, yeah, the big cities have 3.5 days I, of food on the shelves. Yep. yep. There you go. And that's if yep. you're, and that's if you're not panic buying. If you're not panic buying, if the panic starts, then God knows it, it goes a hell of a lot faster than that. Uh, JV. I, so I, I just sometimes I, I wonder how come the leftists can't see the big picture that you know they really need the flyover state people and the flyover state people. And that's that's the other weird thing. You look around, even the red states, the densely populated cities are very blue. But as soon as you start spreading out, where people can kind of you know you know, put their arms out and you don't have neighbor on top of neighbor. It gets, it gets redder and redder and redder. I mean, there's, is there something to that also, but they're not very, they're not going to be very self-sufficient and they need us more than we need them. All you have to do is look at the map of uh, how could the county by county breakdown of the election, the last yeah. presidential election, the one before that. And you see how red this country is geographically when it comes down to population not you know it's it's nearly evenly split i mean the democrats will tell you they've won by popular vote the last how many elections three or four even though the electoral colleges has come out in other uh, differently but you're right when they're piled on top of each other in cities like new york or la or san francisco or, or chicago you know they're eight to one ten to one Cons uh, liberal or Democrat. It's that stark. And I don't know what makes it that way because, and there's the, uh, yeah, there's the, um, the breakdown. I don't know what makes it that way. I don't understand because the conditions are deplorable. You go to these cities and you live like rats in many cases, unless you're really, really wealthy, then you can actually have a good time, live really well. But most people, working people, live like rats or people that don't have jobs and are living off the system. They live in such squalor, but they get that check, so and they don't have to go anywhere for it. So it, I guess that's the motivation there. But why would they keep voting these people into office to create an environment? Now you can't even walk down one of these cities' streets at night without fear of being uh, accosted, sexually assaulted, or on a train in the middle of the day being sexually assaulted. Or step in poop. Anything. There are so many reasons why it's a disgusting existence. But was it Thomas Jefferson that said when we start to live all on top of each other in cities like they do in Europe, we'll be just as corrupt as Europe? And and he was right. That's exactly yep. what it's become. There's something to it. I would love to hear an educated psychologist's viewpoint on why it is. Because that's the way it seems to break down. I don't know. I don't know what causes it, but it certainly does. And the, the founding fathers saw that, too. They saw all of this, and they tried to protect us, and they tried to warn us from all of this. And uh, our current-day progressives and liberals and Democrats are all thumbing their nose at those lessons and those ideas, and they're destroying the very nation that gave them the ability to opine on these things. And it's a sad state of affairs. I'm not really sure what your question was. You're right about the fact that they don't appreciate the work that, uh, that rural America does for them and that the maybe the un college edu college un college educated or 
non-college ed- educated folks do. They really are the backbone of the country. And I'm someone who's college educated, and even though you wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell by the way I'm speaking right now. But the bottom line is it's the <laughs> folks that go to work every day, work their asses off in in, in jobs that I can only imagine. I, I mean, I, I even you, Britt, I mean, the, you tell me about your day sometimes. I'm like, Jesus, I wouldn't make an hour doing that. I'm used to sitting behind a desk doing this kind of thing or a microphone. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think uh, the nation gives these folks enough appreciation. Although right now we're starting to recognize how important our truckers are. But, you know, again, yeah, shortage, yeah, shortages will start doing that for you. And I want to thank uh, Laura QAnon in the Foxhole chat for giving us a can. QAnon. A can to put on the wall. QAnon, yeah. QAnon. What did I say? You said QAnon. QAnon. Oh, QAnon and QAnon. Well, and she, like Roku, Roku. She, she, was, she was upset that you didn't pronounce her name right last time, so I wanted to correct it for you. QAnon. 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 Laura QAnon. I'm just going to call her LQ. Yeah, we'll just call L- her LQ. Call her LQ. There, we'll go, we'll go for that. All right, I'm going to... Uh, I just want to say thanks for the can. Uh, or maybe she threw the can at me. I don't know which. Um, all right, I'm going to play this video. And then I got a, it's, it's a bit of a longer video and then I'm going to cut it. The part I want is not long, but I'm going to cut it off. So but you're going to see me in there for a quick second, but we're going to talk about this video. Fucking pisses me off. So I, I had a prescription for ivermectin to pick up. I have a, a license. I have a doctor, licensed doctor that prescribed that to me. No, you need to come talk to me. Yeah. She just walked away from me. Yeah. After they no, after they just diagnosed my son with an infection, they're refusing to give him medication. You can leave now without your phone. Excuse me. That is part I can confiscate it to a call nine one one. So what you're telling me is my son has an infection and you're and you're unwilling to treat him? This pisses me off to such a level that I see red. This is bullying. I hate these people. These people, did you see that nurse, the, the, the nurse practitioner jump out of that chair? I'm going to confiscate your phone. How dare you? No, 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 no. I hate this, Trish. This fucking shit pisses me off so bad. And the reason this pisses me off so bad, Trish, is because we, the peasants who didn't get a medical education, we have to go to the system. And if we don't think right, they're not going to give, they're not going to give that mom the medicine to heal her son from an infection? What The level of bullshit that this is makes me see red. Does, does this shit piss you off at all? Oh, absolutely. Well, yes, considering my own mother, who's an RN, got banned from Facebook for spreading medical misinformation. I mean, it's, it's all bullshit. I, I think the thing that pisses me off the most is that part of being a doctor is that you treat people, and a nurse, is you treat people, even if you don't. If some guy comes in because he chopped his hand off with a chainsaw because he and his drunk buddy were fooling around, you still treat him. You still fix his hand. You still make, regardless of the stupid, if somebody was driving drunk and they come in all smashed up and you fix them, that that's part of being a doctor and a nurse is that regardless, when people come in who weigh a thousand pounds and come into the hospital, you still treat them, even though all their problems were caused by their own, their own choices. This bullshit of if you don't take this experimental vaccine, we won't treat you is such garbage. It's it's creating a caste system. And did you see that interview with Jacinda, what's her face, the prime minister of New Zealand, where she talked oh, about, yes. how, you know, 
are you gonna are you gonna you know separate and she gleefully was like oh of course we are yes of course we're just those unvaccinated people are just gonna go and i'm like what the hell lady hitler is going on like we have we have digressed so far as a society that i i honestly feel like we're back in 1930s germany i really feel like because now it's you have to have your your medical papers to go to the grocery store. You have to have. I'm like, what the hell is happening to my country? Has no one read a history book recently? No one. Like anybody? Anybody? No, they haven't. It's, it's no, no they it's, haven't. That's why we dumb yeah, them down. The, but but for the medical community to do this, you know, the people that we were heralding as heroes a year ago were now firing in mass because they won't be part of the experiment. It makes zero sense. If we're in the middle of a pandemic, why the hell would we be firing people? It we are that tells me that tells me right there we are not in a pandemic. We are in a takeover so that everyone will be part of this little experiment for big pharma. Jr. That guy, the the first clip, the the pharmacist, the guy that went to the pharmacist, a Walgreens pharmacist up in uh, was it that one was in Texas actually, and the pharmacist says no, we don't fill prescriptions for ivermectin, and he's like uh. I have a note from a licensed doctor. I have the prescription from the licensed doctor. He goes, no, we don't fill that. So that pharmacist is now getting in between a patient and the doctor. Getting in between the patient and the doctor. I am so pissed about this because because we we can't go we can't go in there and just say I need I need I need my whatever I need the antibiotics to heal my son. Now you guys can't do that. Now me personally, I'm lucky. I live in Southern California. I can drive right down to Mexico, and I can buy all this stuff over the counter and come back with it. I don't, I don't necessarily need the system. I can get around it. It's still a pain in the ass, but I can get around it. You can't do that if you're in the middle of America somewhere. All I know is that mom was far more cooler than I would have been. I would have left that building in handcuffs. How dare, how dare that fucking nurse practitioner say, you're not going to treat my son because he doesn't think appropriately or I don't think appropriately. How irate are we going to have to get to shake this shit out of our country? I don't know. These these examples of where this is heading is incredibly disturbing. You just all you need to do is project yourself in that situation with your kid and see whose blood's going to boil and who's really going to be in charge. You want to talk about uh, firing up the electorate, and they already are. I mean, it's uh, th this control that's happening and trying to happen is just it's out of control and i i you know these were the heroes like you said over the last year risking their lives when we didn't know squat a year and a half ago and they're risking their lives going in and doing what they what they committed to do when they went to get their medical training and for now for them to be the judge and jury um for a pharmacist to go at odds with a doctor and his patient i mean where has that ever happened ever before and there would be people in this country supporting that you know probably significant percentage that's what scares me even more is where we've evolved to the point i mean it's been it's been like boiling that frog we we've you know slowly turning up the heat and people are accepting it and accepting it but i tell you what there's a breaking point, and I think we're getting there. And uh, we will see what happens if uh, we still have the Supreme Court. And I think they're going to lose on every front that they try to really go to extreme levels. 
And I got to believe as, as that clip becomes more and more public, um, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be investigated. I, I can't believe that's a legal thing to do. I, I really can't. But certainly they're going against their, uh, their oath that they take when they take up the medical profession. And, you know, yeah, it's just craziness. Yeah, the, the longer clip of the pharmacy one, the guy says to the pharmacist, this is illegal. I have a legal pre prescription here from a yeah. legal doctor. You need to fill it. And the pharmacist said, no, it's not. The FDA says we don't do this. We don't do this. So, JV, talk about any of it you want. I, I just know that it really irks me. And I don't know what I, I I am just blown away at at how patient we've been so far with this kind of stuff. Well, the, the curious thing about all this is that they are trying to make it illegal for doctors to refuse gender treatment to even teenagers, kids. Hmm, They're trying to make it illegal for that to that based on conscious or other conscience or other reasons for doctors to refuse that kind of treatment to uh, to uh, patients. They're also they've tried for a lot of years to try to uh, make it illegal for doctors to refuse to do abortion services if that's that's the type of doctor they are. So when it comes to uh, making making it illegal for doctors to refuse services, you know, they've got they've got quite a track record and suddenly now this is something that they're willing to draw a line in the sand on. And, and when it comes to that pharmacist, it should be illegal for a pharmacist to resist a uh, legitimate doctor's prescription the pharmacist should have absolutely no authority whatsoever to deny that medication to someone carrying a legitimate prescription that in itself is wrong they're telling you you, you don't have the ability to make your own medical decisions anymore that the state needs to do it for you but you know what they're also telling you, as we've heard very vocally in campaigns, uh, particularly the one for governor of Virginia, the Democrats mm. are telling you, you don't have the right to make decisions on how your child is educated anymore either. So this is a pattern. It's not just medicine. It's not just education. It's everything. They, I mean, the common thread here, and it seems like everything we talk about boils down to this. They want to control everything. They want to control it because they know better than you. They know all. At least they think they do. It turns out they're not so smart. But I do want to point out something here. The Hippocratic Oath. This is the oath that medical professionals take when they are going through their licensing pro uh, process to be able to treat people. And there's a whole bunch of things in here. And I, I'm not going to read this. I, I recommend people just look it up on their own. But there are a whole bunch of things in here that make what that nurse practici practitioner did and what that pharmacist did to be anti-Hippocratic oath, breaking their oath, breaking the oath they take to be medical professionals. I don't know if, if a pharmacist takes it or not. I don't know how that works. However, it's kind of the same concept. So the whole thing is nuts. And uh, thank goodness we're talking about it on shows like this because we have to keep opening eyes. And I do want to pick up on something that Trish said here because this is she alluded to this, uh, but here, here it is in black and white. The CDC's Walensky, Biden administration planning education and counseling for the unvaccinated. This was on Fox News Sunday. CDC 
And Prevention Director Rochelle Walensky said on this week's broadcast that the Biden administration has a plan for the education and counseling of essential workers so they're comfortable getting vaccinated. That's where they're starting. Uh, JR, it sounds an awful lot like re-education camps. It sounds like what the Soviet <laughs> used to do, do, Soviets used to do. Let's send them to Siberia. It sounds like what the Chinese do. Let's send them wherever the hell they send them. It sounds like what the Nazis did. Dachau wasn't an extermination camp. It was a political uh, reformation camp. It was a place they sent political dissidents. So these folks are keeping some really, really good company historically when they start talking like this. Yeah, I, it's, uh, you know, the, the camel's nose gets under the tent flap, right? And, and then what happens? So how are they uh, going to start and initiate this education um is it forced education sounds like it's going to be and it'll probably start very subtle just just like we're taxing only the billionaires right um and if that doesn't work you know we we still have uh you know 25 percent of the country not vaccinated then what are they going to do you have to be vaccinated to uh, you know to, to or you can't travel on a plane or you can't get your driver's license or you know at some point they're going to make it so you basically are, as uh, Trisha's buddy there says, <laughs> well, they'll be forced to isolate and then worse. So, um, you know, where is it going to go and how are they going to start this and how is it going to be acceptable? They s- slowly work it in and, and then and then crank it up. So uh, it's you're right. Their place in history is not a favorable one. Uh Chris Wallace asked the question, are you still full speed ahead on mandates for essential workers to get vaccinated? And one of her positions on this was, and one of the things she said, this is a quote, what we know from the police workforce is there have been more deaths from the coronavirus over the last year and a half than all other causes of death for that workforce combined. Trish, uh, first of all, you know, we, we there's a lot of uncertainty about how these deaths are computed and calculated and and when somebody dies of a car accident and they happen to be test positive for covid in the hospital upon their death and it's marked as a covid death so the computation the calculations are questionable but the other thing that says to me is you know all these other claims of this police violence and all the stuff that's going on uh really uh, is kind of exaggerated in itself we i would just have to assume that we probably have a very very safe police force that doesn't have a lot of deaths on the job relatively speaking if covid deaths outnumber those yeah and i can here in southern florida we've had a couple of you know we've had a couple of deputies that have passed away we've had a you know a couple of state troopers um but the, the story is always the same when you read the news. They say it was from COVID. And then when you actually read the article and do a little digging, it was COVID related. It was, right. oh, they had cancer. Yep. Oh, they they had a, a massive heart attack. But it's it, so it's, and I'm, and honestly, I, we had a couple that died right after they got vaccinated. So, but they, now they claim, oh, no, no, it's, they weren't considered vaccinated because it happened within, you know, 14 days of them getting vaccinated so so it's they're not, they're considered non-vaccinated and and we can't and because there's no liability with this vaccine this vaccine i'm going to put in air quotes because it is not a vaccine um there's no liability you can't hold anybody responsible if you take that vaccine and anything bad happens and i mean every time i see one of these these stories on twitter of a parent who had their 14 year old vaccinated and now they're 
you know, in a vegetative coma, you know, coma-like state because they're having seizures 24-7. And it's like, these everybody needs to understand you are signing up to be a guinea pig. You have zero legal resource, zero, like recourse. You cannot do anything. Nobody is going to be held liable for this. Big Pharma won't. You're your, the federal government won't, your employer won't, nobody won't. The only buddy who's going to take a responsibility is you. And that's why it's so important that people stand up and say, no, I will not be a guinea pig. This ends with me. And I, 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 we're finally getting there. It's It's been slow, but we're finally getting there. And I'm glad that more and more people are now standing up. Quick follow-up to that to you, Trish. Uh you cannot sue pharmaceutical companies for any effects of a vaccine. That it was put into law, I think, in 1986 with Reagan. However, can you sue either an employer or a, a governmental entity for mandating that you take a vaccine that gets you sick? I don't know. I think that the question. Vaccine itself, I think it, no, you can't sue for the might vaccine. Be a cop issue. But can you sue for the mandate? And I think that question is still unresolved. I don't know. Yeah, but I, from from everything I've heard from from legal experts so far, the answer to that is no. All right, let's change the topic. Um, so, yeah, let's change the subject. Britt, uh, the old White House say, says they don't know anything about let's go, Brandon, and F Joe Biden chants. The White House is claiming they are unfamiliar with anti-Joe Biden chants, such as the blunt and ever-popular F Joe Biden, or the more uh, subtle let's go, Brandon uh, chants and memes that have been going viral and been heard and seen all over the country. White House spokesman Andrew Bates claims, I've never heard of that chant until you explained it to me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so, let me, so, so let me get this straight, J.B., so this is the 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 young and improved uh, administration with these young these younger folks who are supposedly connected to technologies and live on the socials and Twitters and you know whatever's uh, they 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 have no idea is that what they're, is that what they're trying to say yeah they have me, no me, idea they haven't run across it that's what they're what? saying let me just point out something here at first I thought what a liar and then I thought maybe they are that out of touch they seem to be that out of touch on every other issue so it wouldn't surprise me if they were that out of touch you know I mean maybe you know I maybe I, I mean I, I say that facetiously that a little bit I mean but. okay yeah because because We've all watched the videos of Joe Biden driving down the road in his caravans and all the people lined up with the F Joe Biden flags and they're chanting. And I mean, he gets more anti uh, Joe Biden people on his caravans than he gets pro by a lot, by like quadruple probably. So they're lying. They're absolutely lying. But but again, what do we expect them to? How do you expect them to answer that question? They can't really. Oh, yeah, we know people are pissed and saying it. Oh, whole stadiums chanting it at a high school uh, uh a college football game. Although I will say, at my kids' high school football game, the whole stadium was chanting it uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, so yeah, it, it's happening at all levels. But they can't acknowledge that they got to lie because they lie. I mean, they lie about everything else. They may as well lie about this too. All right. Well, let me see if this helps. And notwithstanding some of the signs that I saw come, that's why 81 million Americans voted for me. The largest number of votes in American history. So he's clear said, majority. Yeah, he says in that clip, notwithstanding some of the signs I saw coming in here. So he's the, what you just talked about, Britt. He just admitted to having seen. Yeah. He's seeing the fuck Joe Biden yeah. signs. So therefore, he's perfectly aware you know, of the fuck Joe Biden's chance. So of all the things that he notices, it's that. And his people missed that. The fact that he noticed it and his people didn't notice it really is a problem with his people because if joe biden notices something that you don't notice 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, JR, in addition to saying, uh, I never heard of that chant, uh, this uh, Andrew Bates went on to say that uh, I guess I'm not spending enough time on 8chan or whatever. Or whatever. I mean, it's almost like it, now it becomes an arrogance when you start talking about it like that. What's her, what's her defense in reality? I mean, it, at some point there is no defense, so they plead ignorance. But I just saw the headline. I haven't well, I looked it up to hear it, but the number one rap song in the country right now, Let's Go Brandon. Yeah. I, I got to hear it. I, haven't, yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't I think there are actually yet, but, two... Uh, that are do- two Let's Go Brandon songs that are doing really, really well. One of them just got banned from YouTube. I... Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. And yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully we won't be, um, hopefully last more than a night here. I don't know. <laughs> but at any rate, uh, I don't know how you can be that ignorant. And the reality is they're not. I think I think they're just being disingenuous and, and pleading ignorance because they have no other defense. It, it's becoming pretty ubiquitous and... Uh, in every corner, I mean, you know, Saturday college football games, NASCAR events. I mean, these these are hundred thousand seat uh, arenas that, uh, it, and everywhere he goes, you see people lining the streets. Unlike when Trump goes someplace, yeah. and he's got, you know, a ticker tape parade <laughs> everywhere. It's it, the contrast is 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 really remarkable, you know. And he's done all this in in. Uh, you know, 10 short months, so, or nine, nine short months, incredible. Yeah, Trish, it's uh, almost a cliche at this point to point out the media has, media's hypocrisy, but uh, President Joe Biden, and this, but this, by the way, is coming from a CNN analysis. This is a CNN article. President Joe Biden has spent more days at his personal properties or at Camp David, the presidential retreat, in his first months in office than any other president in recent history. Biden has had a total of 108 of his first 276 days in office, vacationing or at one of these places. Uh, we all know, Trish, every time Donald Trump went and played golf, he was uh, considered to be uh, derelict in his duty of being president. He was not uh, working for the people. He was, you know, pick pick your insult. But they were all over him for that. But Biden outstrips him. And it's not by a small margin. Trump, at this point in his presidency, presidency had 70 days away from the White House. And again, Biden is at 108. Oh, yeah. And of course, because, you know, the biggest hard hitting questions that any journalist is going to ask Joe Biden is what is his favorite flavor of ice cream? So we all know that Biden could retire to Camp David right now and they wouldn't say a word. They would make excuses. They would, you know, 20,000 different things. But I want to talk about the Let's Go Brandon thing real quick. I have a really cute little story. So I was out walking my dogs. I have a Let's Go Brandon sign right on the corner. I have a quarter lot right on the corner. This little old man in his minivan stops as I walk with my dogs. And he goes, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Cute little old man in your minivan. What can I do for you today? He was like, I saw your sign on your lawn. And and I, I see those signs everywhere. And what what do they mean? And so I explained to him that, you know, at Talladega, they had a NASCAR race. And the guy who won was named Brandon. And an NBC reporter, you know, was, was interviewing him and said, you know, the crowds are behind you. And they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. And. And the guy goes, uh, yeah. And I said, so they weren't chanting, let's go, Brandon. They were chanting, fuck Joe Biden. And his little <laughs> face just lit up. And he went, so when everybody says, let's go, Brandon, they actually mean, fuck Joe Biden? <laughs> I was like, exactly. And he just looks at me and he gets this really big grin. And he goes, let's go, Brandon. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then he drops away. <laughs> That's awesome. So let me 
let me tell you, like the, it, this may just be, you know, the social media thing because, you know, we're all over Twitter. That's, that's where I heard about it the first time was on Twitter. Um, but it's spreading. And now it's it's allowed because Let's Go Brandon is not profane. It can be chanted at Christian University football games. It can be chanted at high school football games. I am so happy that they got this. And it really cracks me up that Canada is now saying, oh, no, you can't say Let's Go Brandon. It's now considered hate speech. Like, all these poor parents who have wow. kids named Brandon, what are they going to do? <laughs> right. Uh, one of the things that makes this really, really uh, more poignant, Britt, is the fact that not as is Biden not only just spending a lot of time away from the White House, but he's doing it at times where he should be making an appearance. The debacle in Afghanistan is one of those. He ended up, after a lot of pressure, coming back to the White House and giving a 20-minute statement, then leaving again. Uh, but really, he's notably absent when uh, it's it, the, the job requires him to be there. Uh, in addition to that... He's also been absent from the media. Through September, Biden has done 10 extended interviews with journalists since taking office. That's far behind the number of interviews done by Trump or Obama. I'm trying to look here. The figures are Obama did six times, or excuse me, Trump did six times the number Obama has done. So that's about 60. And um, Obama did 131 by this point in his presidency. So put all this together. They're clearly hiding this guy. Yeah, just like the whole campaign. The whole campaign, they hit him. They're hiding him now. I mean, we all know. We all know. We You never know what's going to come out of the dude's mouth. I mean, he, he goes from talking about the little black children rubbing the hairs on his legs at the pool to, you know, shabbatonamana pressure to, I mean, you just don't know what he's going to say. Oh, to what he said in front of the kindergartens, uh, what was it, today or yesterday, I avoid, I like avoiding questions from the press. I mean, so anytime they put him out in front, the you know his staff is is quaking in their boots because they just don't know what mess they're going to have to uh, clean up. And you know, and I did have a I did have a, a um, an article where he said something in this last speech. It seems like I don't know where it's at, but in general, he says something, and then literally almost in real time, his White House staff they're 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 correcting him or they're they're fact checking him in real time. And my question is, who's in charge? Isn't it the isn't it supposed to be the president of the United States? Um, and here's the claim right here. So, so Biden administration claims we don't need Congress to. Oh, that's not it. Oh, it was a Taiwan thing. That's what it was. He said we were gonna we're going to uh, we're going to uh, protect Taiwan, and then in real time, the um, the um, White House came out and said, no, 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 that's not what we mean. But he's the president, right, JV? So if it's not his word, then who the hell's running things? Well, I think that's a great. So uh, I completely. It's a great point. Uh, here's the thing: presidents have misspoken before, and presidents have had to be have have been corrected before. But I truly, when I see Biden say things like that, I truly believe he doesn't know the difference between misspeaking and and uh, and what he's saying. I think he is in the dark. He is in the dark about his policies because they're not his policies. He is a mouthpiece for no, a bunch of other people, and he is just uh, spouting the lines they give him on the cards and the teleprompter. So when he says something like that and uh, the White House staff scrambles to change the verbiage to correct it, first of all, you know, you can make a mistake about how much money you're going to spend in the next budget. That's a mistake. When you say something that it, that uh, inflames relations relations with China over something that's very, very sensitive, you need to know what the hell you're talking about before you say it. 
You need to know what the hell the yep. consequences are when you say it. And he doesn't know any of that. So that makes this so much more dangerous than just misspeaking. Um, you know what? I do have this little story, though, uh, Trish. So uh, inflation is 20. Uh, so uh, inflation. Inflation is forcing 29% of Americans to miss meals, eat less due to the high due to high prices and whatnot. So we are now, Trish, officially at the point. Oh, I, I said it? Did I really? Yep. I didn't even realize I said it. God, I've been, yep. I've been so good this episode. Um, God, you're so happy, aren't you, over that you got to push the button? Um, <laughs> Quickly, we're at the too. point now, Trish, in, the, in this inflation that the poor Americans among us are starting to miss meals. I mean, this is the beginning. This is how it started. Like you said, open a history book, people. Open a history book. Is this the beginning of the slide? Have we have we like let yeah. go of the bars and we're going down the slide now? Well, the, the slide has begun. I mean, like let's make no mistake about that. The slide has most definitely begun between the medical segregation that we're now seeing. We're now seeing, you know, kids segregate. You, you commented on my tweet on Twitter, you know, that, that I sent out earlier about the segregating in the schools in, yep. in California, that the kids who are refusing to wear their masks are now being segregated into separate classrooms from kids who do wear masks. Um, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I... And it's only going to get worse because the Democrats are going to do what the Democrats are going to do, which is they're going to throw every low punch that they can possibly imagine to try and push their agenda. Perfect example is we have a Florida State Congresswoman who was recently diagnosed with cancer, stage one cancer. And she had they had social media pictures of her with all of these people unmasked, no problem in session one day, no mask around other people, no problem. And then she went forward to the media and said, the Surgeon General of Florida came into my office and he wasn't wearing a mask. And I told him to put it on because I have cancer and he wouldn't. And he just, oh, and I'm like, yeah. are you freaking kidding me? Like we have, we have all these pictures of you in the past two weeks unmasked with other people. No problem. But now you're going to do it because you don't like the new, the new choice of Surgeon General for the state. So, cause you want to stick it to a, stick it to DeSantis. Like, I am so tired of this crap. This is why I have no empathy for anyone anymore. I just don't. Because people want to pull out these emotional pleas like, oh, I have cancer. Well, then maybe you should step down. Maybe you shouldn't be in a public office where you're going to be around people all the time. Maybe that's not the best thing for you. But no, I want to stay and everyone else in the world should bow down to me because I am special and I now have, I now have victimhood status. And so now everybody has to bow down to me. And I am so tired of it. I'm just over it. And people are like, oh, you're so mean. You don't have any feelings. No, it's just that I'm tired of getting played by people who will manipulate your emotions every five seconds just to push their politics. I'm done with it. So call me what you will. Don't care. But it's when I saw that about that, about the, the Florida state, I was so mad. I was, I was so livid. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And we still vote them in. And we vote them in. There's no consequences to them playing the game. And the media gets their headline, Jr. And here we go down the road, uh, Jr. How far how how far away from breadlines do you think we are? I don't know. Um, you know, I sent both of you a, a little article uh, this morning. I think it was that was from a buddy of mine owns a restaurant up in uh, Syracuse. Yes. You know, um, I pulled it up here. He basically was helping demonstrate to his public. He posted it on Facebook. You know. Fryer oil at his restaurant, tw 21 bucks 12 months ago, $45 today, more than double. Chicken wings, $45 a case 12 months ago, 
$175 a case today. The takeout boxes, you know, when you can't eat your whole meal, 25 bucks 12 months ago, 95 bucks today. You know, how are how on earth are restaurants going to stay in business without raising prices? And, you know, the, I talked to a restaurant owner locally. I, I sent him this article and he said, it's exactly what I'm experiencing too. Unfortunately, I bought ahead on the boxes, he said, but I've raised prices twice. And if it doesn't stabilize soon, I'm raising them again. I mean, there is going to be very uh, a marked decrease in the number of restaurants in this country at the rate we're going. And again, you 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 start hitting the tipping point when people go into the grocery stores, you know, our way of life, going out to a nice dinner once in a while or uh, on the weekends. That all goes away because you can't afford it. I mean, you think the poll numbers are bad now? I mean, if if we can have a, a real live, you know, election here in a year and a half, um, or or little heck, heck, a year, um, I think it should be a landslide because no one can survive these numbers. And if you want to print another two trillion dollars and think that the passing of your infrastructure, I read an article today that may actually be counterproductive because you know what that's going to do to the inflation numbers when we print another two trillion for partisan politics purposes that you know largely isn't about infrastructure and i mean th they're writing their own death certificate so i uh i i think things are could easily spiral out of control and i think those things i just demonstrated are the precursor certainly to the point where we have more bread lines and i mean it's happened in this country before I think we're a ways from there, but I think these other things are getting very, very serious. And again, we got a guy that's uh, a third of the time, not not on the job. You know, the house is on fire and he's vacationing in Rehoboth. I, I, I don't, uh, there's no motive to this madness. And I, I think, uh, no pun intended here, but I think those chickens will come home to roost. Yeah, hopefully not at the price of all of us citizens living uh, in soup lines and bread lines. JV, uh, um, Laura QAnon asked a question in Q -Anon. chat, which I think is kind of interesting. I, QAnon, QAnon, Roku, Roku, whatnot. Um, whatnot! She asked a question. <laughs> the, re the reporter that started the Let's Go Brandon chant. Yeah. Has anybody heard how... how how, how is she still on the job? How do you think that she's know, getting man. ridiculed for? It? Is she losing sleep at night? Is she? I mean, she started it. It all goes back to her dumbass comment. You know, the funny thing I was wondering is Trish. I think it was Trish was saying. You know, we've they've they've enabled us to say fuck Joe Biden at in in places that we wouldn't be able to say fuck Joe Biden, which is a real service to the anti-Biden movement, and she is the one that gave it to us. I doubt her politics would make her happy about that. I don't know her, and I don't know anything about her, So, but I'm just guessing. I'm guessing because she she said, let's go, Brandon, when she clearly knew what they were saying there. She's not that stupid. So I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised. She's, no. they, they probably put her on paid leave somewhere, she, you know, in counseling. Who knows? But I'm sure she's, she's not happy about it at all, and I'm sure her colleagues aren't as well. All right, well, that's all I got for tonight. Well, if you want to take it, or I did have something because you, well, you just you just you just distracted me with that question. What were you just something? Uh, Jr. was just, oh the restaurants and and what's going on with prices here. Yes. I I want to pose another question. We're we're way over time here, but we had that YouTube interruption here that I'm still trying to get over. Uh, but <laughs> but 
maybe, and I'm I'm saying this, and I'm trying to keep a straight face as I'm saying it. Maybe this is brilliance, what's going on in our economy right now. Maybe this is economic brilliance. Maybe Joe Biden has intentionally clogged up our uh, supply chains and our distribution system and all those ships carrying Chinese goods that are sitting off of the coast of California have to make those factories in China basically shut down. They can't send more goods here until we get get rid of the ones they ha- we have. Maybe this is his way to destroy the Chinese economy. Maybe this is economic brilliance in play. He can do it without saying he's doing it. What do you think, Jr.? Any brilliance in this move? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, no. I think I, I think uh, I think China's doing a good enough job right now, uh, killing their economy on their own. You know this this uh, Legrand uh, real estate, you know, international debacle, um, unfinished buildings, um, folks uh, uh, losing their jobs. I mean, the, the Chinese economy is in serious trouble, and you know, are we contributing to that to some extent based on uh, uh, you know a, a stagnant supply chain? Um, probably is but to to think we can give biden credit for that you know uh, you know i'm not sure he remembers what he had for breakfast at this juncture so uh i i don't think uh he has a an idea on uh geoeconomic so this isn't uh, brilliant such as that, that uh no, <laughs> no. trish but I, I do have a question i yeah. do have a question for you though yeah do we have any Let's Go Brandon t-shirts in the uh, Independence Gang uh, shirt well, shop Well, we yet? really should. We really <laughs> should have a Let's Go I Brandon. Think I, I we, think sh- we, we should have a Let's Go Brandon and a Whatnot right in there. Um, Trish, <laughs> one. Trish ah! one of the things that's that's being blamed for the, the supply and the distribution chain backlogs is the fact that um, we had consumers are spending so much more than they were. And it was pointed out on a, a Fox show that I was watching earlier that it was the Biden administration in many ways that gave us all this money to spend. And now they're telling us not to spend the money because uh, it's creating this uh, distribution backlog. So, you know, they're, they're to blame on either side of that equation, I would say. Yeah, no, it's I also think I also was reading an article and of course I didn't bookmark it. I'm such an idiot, but um, was talking about that in California, there are that there is a port that is owned by the Chinese and they're the ones who have completely shut down. So they aren't even taking in their own ships, which I find fascinating. And that's what I was going to do a little deep dive on over the next couple of days is to see if that was actually true, because if that is true, if the Chinese are purposefully causing this backlog, uh, that I think is maybe a more plausible explanation than Joe Biden being brilliant economics he and aoc together yeah oh yeah between the two of them there's no there's no iq there for economics explain but i don't understand what you're saying here that that how how can the chinese be causing this backlog because they own one of the ports allegedly yes so one of the ports in california side by side yes one of the ports in california they actually own part of it so they have refused to take in new any new new cargo Okay. So the one that is run by the United States is running, and trucks are coming in and out, but nothing's coming into the to the Chinese port. So I I I, I don't know how true that is, but that know. to me made none, a lot more sense. None of it so. makes sense to me. I think I think what what makes sense to me is the fact that um, you know we've got 
uh, fuel prices and energy prices going through the roof, and our economy is just trying to find its balance. And with all these changes coming from the White House, it can't find the balance it needs, and that's the problem. Britt, I had a really, really important point to make that I needed your comment on that I've completely lost. It's like the third time I've lost my train of thought tonight. I don't know why. Um, because my beauty oh, just I know what it was. Your beauty choice. reminded me, and that's right. Thank you. Um, yeah, your beauty. <laughs> all about your beauty. Now, one of the things that Florida's doing, Trish, you know this, is Ron DeSantis is inviting all these cargo ships to come to Florida to unload there. But the problem with that is the ones that are already off the coast in California, it costs five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to go through the Panama Canal. But it also like True. what's is it better to sit? That's the question. They, like I don't know. What the, I don't months. know cargo ship economics, so I can't really process that. I don't know, but I can't imagine that's a small amount to pay to get them from one coast to the other. So, I mean, it's not as easy as just. It's not, but, it's not as easy as just flying through the Panama Canal and unloading in Florida. It's not that simple. But we already do so, have ships um, that are here that have come. So right, and I suppose if they plan to yeah, so, Florida as their destination early on, they don't have to. They can go. You know, they can come in a different. The, the world the, the world is not flat despite what some people might help you uh, want you to believe so what? they can come the other way <laughs> what it's blasphemy you're talking about so being that i'm no. in this part of the world and I, I and and i get to see the ships every day it seems like um no the captains of those ships are talking about it and there there have been quite a few that have Start to head for Florida. When I say quite a few like I mean there's a last count there's 170 something ships off the coast anchored uh, 17 or 20 of them have decided to make the journey through the Panama Canal over to Florida because they're at the very, very tail end of the of the unloading chain. Right now, if you pull up, it's almost a month before you get unloaded. So to them, paying that uh, toll through the Panama Canal as opposed to sitting for a month is worth it. Yeah, it's money you don't want to spend. But DeSantis did say that uh, they are working with them for packages to get them to come over there and use that. So maybe... Florida is helping them with the cost of unloading if they're going to come through the Panama Canal just to get the drivers working, the employees working, because, you know, they collect the payroll taxes for that. So for a state, it's probably like, although does Florida have an income tax? No. It does not. No, no state. No. Okay, so that doesn't help them. But the money in their people's hands, spending, sales tax type stuff, you guys have a sales tax, right? I mean, maybe that's yes, where it maybe. helps. But I, I do know that. But not only that, even if it's a lost leader for Florida, if they can prove, hey, we can handle it, that ship comes back there next time, comes back, you know, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm not going to California. We're just going to go right over to Florida. You know, maybe that's the way to go. So um, hmm. it is an interesting thing of what Ron DeSantis does. I think it's a brilliant move, brilliant well, it's, power It's play. a great PR move, if nothing else. I mean, it's a terrific PR move. But also it does, yeah. it, you know, from the source, it's, oh, my God, there's another spider descending in front of me here. Hang on. Oh, I don't have a. You need an exterminator. <laughs> spider pig. Do you not have an exterminator? It is gone. I hope that wasn't a piece of paper that I needed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably got some login information or something that I need. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're, we're over time here. Listen, I just want to go uh, back to this YouTube thing. We did not expect to be on YouTube tonight, so we're kind of, I don't know, we're at a loss. I'm still racking my brain, Britt. Was it, has it been two weeks already? JR, was it two weeks ago? Did we go through two weeks? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. We, I, we, I, think, I think the thing that may be confusing you is when it was banned for a week, it was two weeks. Well, that's it, so too. So when we were banned for two weeks, you thought it was going to be a month. Yeah. So maybe it has been only two weeks, and that 
you know, they flipped the switch. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, Randall says spiders are beneficial, and I agree with you. Spiders are beneficial, but not when they're landing on my nose. They're not so beneficial when I'm trying to do my show, and they're coming right down in front of my face. Not so beneficial. Um, and also, I want to thank Breaking uh, the Image in uh, in uh, YouTube, who uh, got me wrapped up in a spirited debate about capitalism during the show, too. So thanks for that. That was fun. Brett, anything else we got to do here? I, I We have to, you and I will talk and determine how we're handling this YouTube thing moving forward, because we were unsure if we were even going to come back, and uh, somehow we just ended up there. So we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, we will. I think we definitely need to delete this show, though, as soon as we get off the air. <laughs> I think we're pretty safe on this one, but I'll, we'll delete it. We'll no, delete we it. were not. We talked about vaccines. Oh, no. I forgot about that. No, I've, got, I've got so time. used to not worrying about it. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, Trish, thanks so much. Good to see you again, as always. JR, you too. Uh, both of your Twitter handles, yeah, both of your Twitter handles are up there for folks. Please like, share, and uh, do whatever you need to do. Subscribe and follow on Foxhole, D Live, Twitch, Rumble, P uh, Podcast, Roku. What else, Britt? What not? Kelsey says it's been two weeks. <laughs> How did? Oh, it... maybe it has been. I, I must have been abducted by aliens for a week because I, I swear to God, it's only been a week in my mind. Wow. Trish, has it been two weeks? I think it has. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it has been two weeks. Holy cow. I, I definitely think you should just, you should live stream it on YouTube and then just delete it because then they can't whammy you later on when they go to review it. So I vote for use it for live stream and then just delete when we're done. Okay. All right. All right. That's why. That's my vote. Yeah. Rebel says it's been two weeks. I, I get, we just lost track of of weeks here that's that's the thing yeah well we i don't care about youtube anymore i'm ready to be done with it i'm yeah. ready to be done with youtube I, I i have thoroughly enjoyed not having to worry about what i say you know what else you've enjoyed Brent? I, mean, I, I get you you know what else you've enjoyed oh boy what are you gonna play <laughs> oh that's weird there's no that's video really that's just that's just that's just you with a great big smile on your face and a, and a creepy guy behind you is he sniffing you i don't know He's sniffing your hair. I don't know. Looks like a, looks like he's got a little booger hanging out, though. Oh, booger! Oh, does he? Let's see. Are they, on the, no, on that's the, just a, that's just a plastic surgery scar. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He has a really big one down the side of his face from his last facelift. It's pretty. It's pretty oh, gnarly. Oh my god! All right. Well, again, thanks, Trish. Thanks, Jr. That's going to do it for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night. Oh, all right. Uh, who are we interviewing tomorrow night on Patriots Roundtable? We've got a really good interview. Uh, Although I can't remember what it is. Yeah, some guy doing some guy <laughs> doing some guy. That's not a good Jordan interview. Jordan Peterson. Wait, that came out that came out way yeah, wrong. You've started the show that way and you've ended the show that way. No, Jeremy Murphy. Jeremy Murphy, the woke mafia. He wrote the book The Woke Mafia. Okay. That's gonna be a so, great conversation. This is gonna be interesting because I because I think he uses the F word as much as I do. Oh, so boy. it's gonna be another great interview. <laughs> oh boy. All right. And that's tomorrow night. That'll be on the Patriots Roundtable, of course, 10 p.m. Eastern on all these streaming flat platforms. We'll see you then.